everyone, and welcome to Colonial Connections. This is the podcast designed by the School of Nursing, Education, and Human Studies at Robert Morris University. I'm Dr. Mark Myers. I'm the host and the dean of the school. This week, there's a lot going on in the world right now, as everybody knows. There's connections between how we interact at very different levels. Even before the pandemic, there was differences in terms of how we are interacting, and esports is a manner in which students at RMU are interacting in a different way, and it might surprise people, all the interactions that come out of esports. So our guests today are going to help us better understand what this movement's about and getting past the mantra that people have of misunderstanding what's going on in a lot of situations. So if you guys would want to introduce yourselves first, yeah, Coach absolutely. Zapp first. Absolutely. My name is Richard Zapp. I am the head coach of esports here at Robert Morris University. I've been in the position for a year and a half. I uh, have a background in higher education, have a master's in higher education and college counseling. Uh, through, besides that, in my spare time, uh, I'm an avid gamer myself. I uh, have about 15, 20 years of experience, uh, particularly in the competitive uh, tabletop card game space, uh, but wide variety of games that I, I play in my spare time. And Zach. All right, so I'm Zach Pazan. Uh, I'm a junior finance major here at RMU, and I'm currently the head of our Rainbow Six Siege program, and I'm the captain of the varsity team. Uh, I haven't really had your generic background with video games, like playing DS, GameCube as a child. I started on Xbox 360, just playing Call of Duty and Halo. And then uh, after my freshman year here at RMU, I actually decided to build a PC to get more involved in the program. Oh, that's great. And I, I won't feel bad that you said that you, you know, were DS and everything was at your childhood. <laughs> and I can remember when Pong was the big thing when I was a child. So thank you for making me feel ancient. <laughs> but when, when you talk about esports, when people talk about that, it's so much more than just a video game. So if you had to describe esports in a, a sentence or two, like the elevator pitch for esports, coach, what would be the... What would be the way you would describe esports? I think competitive gaming is absolutely the, the shortest way to describe it if we're taking it a, a slight level past that. It's using gaming as a platform for engagement, for marketing and advertising, and entertainment for a, a wider population. How about yourself, Zach? What do you think? Um, I just think it's a more fun aspect of business. I think it's something that everybody can relate to because when people think of a game, it could be something as simple as chess, but now that we're in the digital age, uh, this is kind of where things are shifting to, and I think it, it helps influence young people in the business world because it's something everybody can relate to with all the technology we use every day. So if when you're talking about co competition and you're t you have leagues that you mentioned that you're captain, like what are the leagues and how are those set up? Are they between different um, organizations on campus? Are these between colleges? How is it set up? So for the league that um, our R6 team is in, it's uh, Face It. They're partnered with the designer of the game, which is Uplay. And they basically handle all the pro league scene, and they've recently developed uh, collegiate level. So we join a Discord server, we register our school information with them, and then they pin us up against a bunch of other schools, such as like uh, Akron, RIT, Kentucky State. And then you just keep going on through the Swiss bracket until the, you get a champion. Which one of the most unique things about gaming, where opposed to you know our, our football or our rugby teams, where we're maybe going across the state line to play somebody in you know at an extreme, uh, they're playing people from California, Texas, Idaho, Florida, and not batting an eye at it. It's mm -hmm. it's a very unique take. So when when you're competing against them, 
And I know that you can uh, typically on Discord, you can see things and communicate with each other. So is there, when the games are going on, is there that kind of communication going on as well between the players on the teams? So if something uh, crazy or dumb happens in the game, you know, we use the text chat that's in the game. Uh, myself and the other captain will ex uh, exchange screenshots at the end of the game and just talk before the game, kind of get to know a little bit about each other. Um, you know, sometimes if you, you have a good connection just because of something dumb that happens in the game, uh, people make friends, and then that's how the whole circle keeps building. So how many teams for eSports do you have that you're running, Coach? So we're supporting about a dozen different games in at some capacity, and that can range anywhere from uh, having a single individual that's trying to participate in a one-on-one -on -one league uh, to a group of four, five, or six students, such as Zach, uh, Zach's teams uh, that they oversee, uh, to trying to get engaged in new games that we don't have a following for and inviting students and empowering students to try to find a small population, find a niche, and to develop those games into a competitive scene. I work very closely with them to find tournament opportunities to create uh, tryouts and practice systems, and I support all those teams in different capacities uh, to make sure that what the students want from the game, they're able to get that. So is, when you're talking about that, you know, Zach, with your team, that you're the captain and you're talking about the other teams, I think people have a mindset that they see like the intercollegiate sports, you know, so the football team, the rugby team, you mentioned lacrosse, hockey, things like that before. But we also have club sports on campus that play athletics, but they do it at a different level. And obviously they're not scholarships and things like that. Is there a mixture of the two for esports or is it more one way or the other? So we're saying entirely at the club sport level right now with RMU. Uh, the way I see it, there's three different levels of programs. You have programs at a lot of community colleges uh, that they have clubs, just individuals. They play whatever games they want to do. Sometimes they'll sign up for a league on their own accord with little to no support from the university. Um, you have a couple, we're talking two handfuls of universities that are actually offering significant uh, full ride, half ride scholarships if you're in the point top 0.0001% of players within a game. Um, RMU is in this interesting middle category where we are considered a club sport. Um, all our teams, they have the same expectations as our other student athletes obtaining their regular GPA, going to their courses, and there'll be individuals that won't be able to participate if they're not meeting those expectations. Uh, but within that, there are scholarship opportunities for incoming students that are using uh, the esports platform as an incentive to go to RMU. Uh, we're the only program in Western Pennsylvania, to my knowledge, that that has anything like that. It's a huge niche that we've been able to cut out within our program. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that beautiful space of because you're engaging nationwide, we can find a tournament league for any group of students at any group of level. It, you know, they could be in a bronze, they could be in a diamond, they could be anywhere in between. And we're able to find leagues generally that anyone is able to compete with individuals at the same level and that creates a very healthy experience because the the getting dominated 80 to 0 doesn't happen nearly as often. <laughs> so um, here's a direct obvious question I can imagine our listeners are saying, where do you play? <laughs> Zach, where do you play? So we started out playing in the esports room uh, during my junior year, which I believe was uh, 19 to 20. And what, or I'm sorry, sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, during with all the COVID stuff going on, uh, we migrated to just our personal PCs in our room for ease of convenience. 
So you just mentioned the esports room. What's what's that? So the esports room is up at the top floor of the rec center, and it's this room with a bunch of gaming PCs, um, five on each side. You know, you have your monitor, keyboard, headset, mouse, all the works, and you sit there and you can play. And we, what my team used to do is we would run uh, tryouts or scrims there. Some other teams do that also, where we put 5v5 or however many what your game is in front of each other, and then they just play. And it's a really uh, fun but competitive experience uh, just being present in that room. And, and you stole one of my questions is like, what's, how is it adapted with COVID? So now you're doing the same thing, but you can't all gather in the esports room. So you're, you're right. doing on your own, the, is it the computer you built or have you yes, upgraded yeah. since so the one you built? The majority of uh, people that I know have their own PCs. So we all just play in our rooms, get on Discord, and that's how we operate. So, so how do you coach with everybody in their own in their own dorm space, how do you connect them in terms of building that culture that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's 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 certainly a challenge. Um, in the same way that you couldn't expect your soccer coach to teach baseball, to teach softball, to teach pickleball, to teach tennis, um, I don't have the bandwidth of the part-time position to be able to uh, become an expert in all of these games. Mm -hmm. uh, what that creates is an opportunity for these students to develop leadership skills uh, by becoming experts in their space, uh, by finding resources and opportunities uh, to teach themselves and to be able to spread that information to each other. Um, I'm able to facilitate financially with some of those components and working with them to find opportunities to overcome their shortcomings. Uh, Zach being a phenomenal individual of a student ha who really took that opportunity by the reins. Uh, he found resources um, overseas. He found opportunities to network with individuals uh, that are playing at a higher level than our teams are. And they're able to work very closely with them uh, to help get us to our next level. And at the end of the day, that's really what our goals are, uh, to internally see this is where we are day one, this is where we are day 90, and to measure that growth is huge because at the end of the day, no matter if their competitive gaming stops at RMU or stops when they get recruited by a, a top 10 esports team a decade down the road, uh, they're able to take those, you know, how you learned, how you adapted, and apply that to any professional space that they go into. And that, that's what makes me proud, knowing that eventually Zach himself is going to find himself in a middle management position in whatever uh, accounting or finance firm that he ends up being in, and knowing that he's going to be able to use the experience from playing with the Rainbow Six team to guide how he leads his peers to success. So what's the most popular game across esports right now? Is there one, or is it is there a league that everybody hears about? Because you know, is it that, you know, is it popular because more people know about it or is it popular because more people play it? What's one would you say is the most popular? So I think there's, there's two lenses. There's a competitive lens and then there's a casual lens. Um, I'll, I'll give Zach to maybe play from a casual lens what play, people are playing right now. Uh, but from a collegiate esports space, um, Rocket League, League of Legends, uh, Super Smash Brothers, and to a slight level, slightly less level Overwatch tend to be the most popular. And the reason why is at a collegiate level, and especially a collegiate to high school level, we are trying to build pipelines and relationships so students can start in eighth, ninth, 10th grade and be able to play games for six, eight years. Um, avoiding FPSs that have a lot of violence uh, tend to be a, a non-starter for some of these individuals. So games like Rocket League, which is non-violent, non-contact, uh, fairly fictitious, same with Smash Bros and Overwatch, um, tend to engage the majority of the collegiate level. So so what is Rocket League then? If it's not, you said what it's not more than what it is. So what is Rocket League? Rocket League is... And then we'll get to Rainbow in a second. No, I'm going to leave fine. your team out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
at a literal level, uh, Rocket League is a three-on-three generally competition in which you are controlling a vehicle uh, where you have a oversized ball about three times the size of the vehicle, and you are using a combination of the ability to hover for small amounts of time uh, and the ability to instantaneously flip and roll uh, to move the ball in different directions in exactly the same way as you'd imagine a soccer game. Uh, with the attempt, attempt of trying to get it into a goal. Um, at an artistic level, uh, it's this interesting realm of utilizing physics and gravity to your advantage um, in commiseration with your, your teammates, being like pistons in and out, in and out, uh, finding opportunities to do create creative and unique things with the ball and create unique movement uh, that the more you learn about the game, and it's this almost consistent across every eSport, the more you learn the game, the more of an appreciation you have for it because you realize how technical. In the same way that the first time you saw Michael Jordan do his, mm. his classic tongue out slam dunk and you're like, you try to do it yourself, and like there's no way I can do this. The same way that you'll see him get a, get a no scope is just... The, the one description that I've heard before is that in, for a lot of the eSports games, it's almost like chess in that you can explain it to somebody very simply and they could come out and just play. But if they, they could put as much time as they want and the expertise level is just infinite of how high you can get in terms of practice and repetition and then you're playing an entirely different game than what that new person is, but they might think they are just enjoying the game at their level. Would you say that's a fair way to say it? With the, same, with the one exception that you might have 60 minutes to make a decision mm -hmm. on, on your chess move, where when Zach's playing, he's making 60, 60 frames a second. He's making 60 decisions a second on which way to go, where to stop, where to go, and communicating with his teammates on, on making sure that everybody's working cohesively and creating positive synergy. So now we're going to call you the coach of segues because that was a great segue. So, <laughs> Zach, what's, describe what Rainbow is because that's your team. So Rainbow Six Siege is uh, a tactical shooter, and it's differed from uh, something as simple as Call of Duty, where it's kind of like point and click, and that's how you play. Um, I really like the example that you gave with chess, because Siege is a very high-paced chess game, mentally, where uh, there's more to just running around and trying to kill your opponent. What it is is you, you, you reinforce sight, you're, prepper, you're preparing, they're going to come and attack, and you have to make micro-reactions based on how they react, and every different operator in the game has a counter, somebody, something that you have to take into consideration with. There's so many variables. Um, you're just always constantly thinking and feeding communication to everybody. And if one person steps out of line, then everything starts to fall apart. I read an article talking about esports preparing for this. And one of the statements they made in it I found fascinating that I wanted to see what you guys thought about it. It said that so many people focus on the technology and that they miss the personal of what esports is. And one author that I was reading said it's more about psychology and learning than it is about technology. So what would you guys react to that? One of the biggest differences when you compare a traditional sport and esports is if you're playing football in 1990 or 2000, 2010, 2020, that game is almost 100% exactly the same. Uh, there might have been a minor rule change. They might have, you know, decided slightly different what the difference between a touchdown and what touchdown isn't. Um, 
with a eSport every month, every three months, uh, you're having patch changes where they're, they're changing the actual stats on characters. They're changing the actual rules of the game in slight and minor ways that you always have to adapt to. Uh, they're introducing new components, new stages, new characters, new game modes. Uh, and some of them are, are for a casual experience and some of them are directly implemented into the most competitive space. Um, being able to adapt um, is an essential part of that. Um, and even on a larger scale, uh, the turnaround time for games, some games you know, have a history of 10 years or more. Some of these games are only gonna be competitive for two, three, or four years. Um, so being able, if, you're, if you have me playing a game where that happens, being able to take that skill set that you learned, how do I take that same learning model and apply it to a different game whenever that game cycles out. And I, I love the connection you made before that talked about the problem solving involved, just you were using Zach and finance, not picking on finance, but that's <laughs> your major, but you know, using the problem solving skills you develop through eSports and taking it in your professional life as well. I, I, that connection is very powerful, I think. Mm -hmm. How do you recruit? I mean, you talked about getting some of the, and the connections with high schools before. How do you get people to, so do you recruit them to RMU to do eSports or are you recruiting people that are already at RMU to do eSports or is it all of the above? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's, there's definitely a variety of ways. And Zach can tell a really cool story a couple months ago about how he found a student that might be coming to RMU. Um, so we have a few platforms. Uh, of course, the program launched five years ago in some capacity as a club. They primarily played one game Overwatch. And as they found that there are a lot of people that wanted to play video games, they expanded that. Um, but we have a few different platforms. One, we are engaging with high schools. Uh, we have a series in a non-COVID environment called the Army Rival Series, where we have high schools and community colleges in the area. They come on site. They get to play against our teams. They get to go into open queues and play with some of our players. Uh, they get to sit on a council and, and talk to what it's like to be going to college and have gaming be a part of that. Uh, we have relationships um, with high schools directly. We'll talk to them. Uh, we'll reach out to them directly. We'll do presentations and have conversations. Um, and then we use virtual recruitment programs in which high school students say, hey, I think I might be good enough to go to college and to get some scholarship support to go to college. They'll post on these open-ended platforms and we'll reach out to the candidates that we think might be a great fit for our program based on their skill set, their geographic location, things like that. Um, and then once once the semester does start, we'll also do recruiting events on campus because the fact of the matter is um, a lot of people don't know about all, every single club and every single program that we have, so there are opportunities to get students to play. But sometimes just competing with other colleges, competing with other teams, uh, introduces us to new players. Like, so, Zach, he sets you up again, so <laughs> here we go with a great segue into your story, please. Yeah, so um, whenever you play, uh, at least for our team, we put .rmu at the end of our names, and whenever you get into a game, people will just be like, what is what is RMU? They see like five people, or oh, you're all RMU, what is that? And you just say it's a university. And some people will just be like, oh, okay, that's cool. And other people actually have an interest in it. So mm -hmm. they'll, they'll reach out to you, they'll ask for your Discord, have some questions. And then I try to provide, since I represent that game for our school, uh, you know, what are the benefits, what you can expect, and how things are gonna play out. And if they are of the age range and have the actual uh, interest, you know, I'm the support line, but I give them over to Zap, and I'm like, hey, if you have any questions and you're actually serious about attending, Zap's a guy to talk to. And we've, I've run into, uh, I'd say in the past year, about five people that have had interest. I think I've only might have sent just one to Zap, but they've, they're of that time where they have to start making decisions about what they wanna do after high school. So th I, I absolutely understand that this is a loaded question I'm giving you, so I'm giving you permission to treat it as such. <laughs> but post-COVID, 
with that caveat. What's the dream for esports at RMU? Where do you picture things going? What I pride our program in the most is being at the most inclusive program in the nation and striving for that. What I mean by that is some people hear the word esports and they think that if I'm not in the highest tier in my game, if I can't play in my sleep, I shouldn't be engaging in this. And that is the antithesis of what we pride ourselves in being. We want players at every level. Um, I don't care if you just casually want to play Among Us four nights a week. We want you in our Discord. We want to spend time with you. We want you engaging with our student population. Because um, even even post-pandemic, looking at next year, uh, there's still going to be communication and activity barriers in place. And we want to be able to facilitate students engaging. Um, but past that, we'd love to see people from multiple states at multiple skill levels, um, multiple genders, ethnicities, just having as much diversity and variety in our program so we can share to the greater community what you can make from a program. Because at the end of the day, what we want is we want every local high school to have a program. We want other colleges to have programs so we can get together and we can commiserate. And every, every action that we're making is in a hope to make that a reality. Zach, how about from your perspective? So something I try to uh, incorporate that I attested this to Zap is uh, whenever I started Siege, I really just wanted it to be a space where people can like get involved with each other. And you know, if you like the game, then you have a little group. That's, that's how you talk to. And we didn't have that, so that's why I introduced it. Um, and it's jumped to us just playing the game to uh, a bunch, you know, we have like 15 members getting involved and now we have uh, eight people that play the game. We all live together. We go out and eat dinner. We just play cards. We'll just, over Christmas break, we'll hang out. We, we just do more than besides just being on campus and playing the video game. You, you got in my next question. So <laughs> it looks like coach, you're teaching him how to segue also, which is very good <laughs> to see him learning involved. But um, what are the majors? You know, is this from a, you know, is, are, are your entire team finance majors? You know, where, what across campus do they represent just across all the majors? So on my team, uh, we have a computer science, an actuary, I'm finance, uh, we have graphic arts, and I think we have uh, cybersecurity, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. There are quite a few that are in the cyber field of things. If not, they're somewhere in the business school. And then we have, you know, the oddballs where they're either uh, engineers, actuaries, graphic design. The, the oddballs. We won't let them, <laughs> we won't let them hear that part of it. But that's okay. How about and, uh, from I, the other sport or I, other teams as well? I think that's a pretty good synopsis. It's, it's a lot of STEM. It's a lot of computer, a lot of IT. But what I love about it is how demanding these programs stereotypically are, um, but how being part of the esports program actually is improving that commissary. Um, they have, they're networking with individuals at a more direct level, so they, they have homework help. They have people that have already taken those classes. We actually collected data last year, and that we found that the average individual that was going to our esports space two days a week or more, uh, their GPA was... I think it was like 0.3% higher than the average RMU student, oh, which goes terrific. such a far way to say not only um, how helpful engaging in teamwork is, um, but how whenever you're, you're focusing, you're, you're corresponding with people with the same academics, doing non-academic things, you're setting yourself up to succeed. That's terrific. And, you know, hopefully then that leads to graduation. That leads to them being successful and then them helping to recruit the next generation coming exactly. in to replace them. So if, if you had you have this opportunity right now to deliver a, a message about esports to the community, both locally and around the, the greater Western Pennsylvania area and whoever else is listening to this podcast, what's the message you want to give them about esports? 
Robert Morris University Esports being the first program in Western Pennsylvania to be able to financially support students uh, wanting to take their gaming to the next level. We want you. We want to support you. We want to understand academically, vocationally, what your goals are, and we would love to understand better what we can do to help you get there. And we'd love to have a conversation with anyone and everyone that has an interest in gaming and an interest in their education. Zach, how about yourself? Uh, I, I just want people to realize that esports is more than just like playing video games. It's There's a big communication aspect to it and a way of how to work with a team. And you're going to learn that based off of your college courses. But I, I just want people to understand that there's more than just playing a game. It's, it's another option of how to have friendships that can last. And I, I want to thank you both for being here today because this is a great example of what this podcast is about. It's about the connections we make. And it's called Colonial Connections. But it's normally we're focusing on the connections people don't realize. They see the things like us being in the community and having sports teams and everything else. But this is such a terrific example of blurring the lines between what people's expectations are and where the results can go to. And I don't think many people would consider that playing video games, you know, putting it in the esports in the exact opposite of what you just said, Zach, I get that. But esports is a way to improve people's performance. I think that runs counterintuitive, a lot of people say, and I think that's the message we need to get out is that there are a lot of differences in the community and I hope that people learn today in this conversation we had about esports. So thank you both, Zach, Coach Zapp, thank you for being here today. And you've been listening to Colonial Connections here at Robert Morris University School of Nursing, Education, and Human Studies. I'm Dr. Mark Myers. Have a terrific day.